0: GAA Sports Desk, brought to you by The Heralds, every side of Dublin.
1: Welcome to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM. In studio this evening, Suzanne Parker and myself, Peter Brannigan. And we begin by thanking Hugh and the Live Drive team for getting you home this evening. A fairly miserable night out there. So hopefully, they were able to take a little bit of time. Off your commute. Live Drive will be back on air tomorrow morning at 7am. Now, we do have a packed show as ever coming up over the next hour or so. In the second half of the show, we're going to be hearing from Nigel McCarthy. He's going to be speaking about this weekend's All Ireland Ladies Football Championship semi finals, Dublin taking on Cork at Crow Park, and I suppose those two have uh, had a fairly fiery rivalry over the last few years. Dublin All Ireland champions going for three in a row, but Cork have beaten Dublin twice this year, albeit in the National League. So we'll be getting Nigel's views a little bit later on. Brendan Cooper is going to be giving us all the latest in Dublin Camogie. And before that, we're going to be hearing from two St Bridget's stalwarts. We're going to be hearing from Barry Cahill, who retired from Dublin in 2012 2013. He's going to be speaking to us about their upcoming 5k fundraiser. And he's going to be talking in the 2011 final, which he played in, and looking ahead to the final on Sunday week. We're also going to be hearing from Paddy Andrews. He's talking to us about preparations ahead of the final you <laughs> and as the anticipation begins to build ahead of the big match on Sunday week we're going to be hearing some of the music we're going to be hearing from Shay Connolly he's written a song the five in a row is what we're after and we're going to be giving that a spin before half seven uh, of course hopefully we're not putting the curse on the team like that five in a row Kerry song back in uh, 1982 but we'll be hearing from Shay, as I say before half seven if you want to contact us here in our studios on the East Wall Road you can the text line here 087 977 1032 you can email us desk at Dublincityfm.ie or you can head over onto our Facebook page which is GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM but indeed we are going to begin with the current squad now last week Dublin had their press night ahead of the All-Ireland Final and at that event I caught up with Paddy Andrews preparations for All-Ireland Finals this is your fifth obviously in the spin do you ever kind of get bored of being in this position
2: heading into the next few weeks uh, no not at all it's um, it's a great privilege obviously to be part of this group and I suppose the success we've had over the last number of years is it's just it's an exciting time for us as players. It's an exciting time around the county, you can see that as well. Even before qualifying for the final over the last number of weeks, you're down in summer camps with, with kids or down to clubs and things like that. There is a great atmosphere around and um, all you can do as a player is embrace that. There's no point in trying to hide behind anything like that. You know, we have experience and we're privileged to have that experience. And um, we, we know what to expect over the next couple of weeks, but it doesn't really change for us. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard work. <laughs> it's got lots of preparation. We'll review obviously uh, what happened at the weekend and prepare for the challenge the carrier are going to bring. But no, there's nowhere you'd rather be. So very excited over the next couple of weeks.
1: Absolutely, and I suppose in particular for well for football fans generally, I suppose it should be. But particularly for Dublin fans heading into a final that could potentially see you win a fifth All Ireland title in a row, do things like that mean anything to you personally or to the squad? Do do records or anything like that mean anything to the team?
2: No, we, look, we know what people are going to talk about that, and I think that's probably more for the media and supporters and things like that and that that's fine we want them to be excited about it we know that they're very passionate about supporting the team but but as players I mean, we've got to be very focused on we, we can't really lose sight of what, what we need to do and we know the challenge the Kerry are going to bring we've got to prepare as well as we can and I think getting caught up and talk about records or, or other things externally outside of our control that's not going to help us and I think that's the benefit of, I suppose that we have of I've been in this situation before and, and having that experience built up over the last number of years. We know what we need to do. Um, it's going to be hard work for the next 20 days and we, we'll just focus on that and get prepared for that. And The excitement around the city, it's great to see and it's great for the clubs and, and for kids and for schools and stuff like that, but as players we've got to be a little bit more pragmatic and, and focused on the challenges that Kerry are going to bring.
1: You've been involved obviously in the squad for a long time, that 12-13 minute period on, on Saturday evening. How does that compare to anything else you've seen a, a Dublin team do over the years? Because from a supporter's point of view, looking on in the stand, it looked incredible, and it was it was great to be able to be there to witness it.
2: Yeah, look, the first half was obviously a big challenge, but that's what Mayo bring. You know, we've played them enough <laughs> over the last number of years that we know that they're they're going to ask you hard questions, and we were quite relaxed at halftime. And um, to be fair, you know, there was plenty of time left to do um, to perform. So we just knew that we needed to kind of get a bit more fun football in, in, in the second half, and. We've got dangerous players, obviously, so if we can get the ball into those guys, you know, you know we've got a chance. But, yeah, those moments when things click, it's great to see that and it's great to be a part of that. But hopefully we can do that for a little bit longer <laughs> in 20 days' time in, in the final because, again, we'll need to be at our best. Uh, but that's what you expect when you're, you're playing in all over the final. You know you're going to be up against top-quality opposition. and. There's loads of lessons to be learned from from the game at the weekend, but definitely that was obviously a very good period for us. So can we try and repeat that for a longer period in the final? That's going to be the challenge.
1: And in terms of it being Kerry, does that matter? I mean, is, does does that kind of because tra- obviously for supporters it's a massive thing, like Kilkenny tip in the hurling. But d- does it does it mean that to the players? Like, does is it are Mayo bigger rivals to you? Are Tyrone bigger rivals to you? Meath maybe like or or is the fact that it's Kerry does that add an extra layer for you guys?
2: Um, it, it, Honestly, no, not re- not really. Um, like I say, when you get to this stage and when it comes to the Super 8s and, and especially the All-Ireland Series, you know you're going to be playing top-quality teams. Um, We've probably, over the years, had, had probably more a bigger rivalry with Mayo. We've just played them more often. But this Kerry team, I, I mean, we did a fantastic game against them in February down at Tralee um, and really showed us what what they're about. You know, They've obviously got some incredible players, very physical team. And... They've supplemented their experienced guys who were playing really well with obviously some incredibly talented young players as well. So we're not overly concerned that that that, it, that it's Kerry or if it's any other opposition, but we just know when it comes to the All order final you're going to be playing a serious, serious effort, and that's what they are. You know. I suppose there's been a lot of kind of
1: sort of yara in you know, Kerry people saying that this isn't our year or whatever. We're too young at this stage, but obviously they'll want to keep that record from happening because obviously Kerry was the last football team to get close to doing it. Um, you know, how, does, does that kind of thing impact you? Do you pay attention at all to anything they will say?
2: No, no no more from from our side of things that we won't be focusing on records or, or things like that. I'm pretty sure Kerry will be the same as well. They'll want to win the game because they want to win the all around Championship. Not, I wouldn't say they're awfully concerned about records or anything like that. And I think that's just, as players, that's the, what the focus is on. You know, th- There's loads of external things that might influence your thinking, but that ultimately doesn't doesn't help you perform on the day. So I'm sure Kerry or, or is eager to win just because they want to win the All-Ireland because that's what we're all here for. That's what we want to do. That's wh- what we set out at the start of the year to try and do. So records and, and traditional rivalries and things like that, it's not really relevant over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be what team can prepare and perform the best on the day and ultimately they'll get the rewards then.
1: Just a very final one for me. In terms of that game down in Chile, I was obviously down at it uh, covering it for the station. Um, Twelve of the Kerry lads involved that day were involved yesterday uh, yeah. for, for, for their uh, semi final game. So, you know, even though it was only February, and I appreciate it's coming up on seven months ago now, that, you know, there'll be a lot more fitness maybe in the legs or whatever. No, but y- <laughs> you got to see those players up close, especially yeah. some of the younger Kerry players and a new management involved. Yeah. So, what was your view of them then up close when you got to see them?
2: Well, they're a very strong team, um, and they probably deservedly won the game that night. Um, um, and that's what you get throughout Division 1 as well you, you know if, if you don't perform to the, the levels you can or if you're a little bit off well they're the type of teams that can hurt you um, and they're an excellent team y- you don't get to an All-Ireland Final if you're not um, so we have a fair idea what we're going to expect they were very impressive obviously again yesterday uh, beating a, a very strong Tyrone team so look if we're off if we don't prepare as well as we can or if we don't perform as well in the day you're just not going to get the result that you want and We have huge respect for them. They've obviously got some incredible players. That you know, that's obvious people can see that. So we're expecting a hell of a battle now in in 20 days' time, and um, it's going to be close.
1: Now Paddy plays his club football with St Bridget's out in Blanchardstown. A club mate of his is Barry Call, who retired from Dublin uh, seven years ago. Uh, he played in that 2011 All-Ireland final. The club is a fundraiser coming up in the middle of September and I caught up with Barry to talk about that and about this year's All-Ireland decider. Your club St Bridget's are running a fundraiser next month, uh, September 15th. So i was tell our listeners a little bit about the background to that.
3: Yeah, well I suppose nowadays uh, most clubs up and down the country are, you know, Feeling the pinch in terms of trying to, to raise funds and, and there's different challenges and, and everything that goes with it. So you have to try and be a bit creative with um, having different fundraisers. So um, over the last couple of years, the club has ran a a 5K sort of fun run in and around uh, Russell Park, our, our home grounds. And we've another one coming up now on Sunday morning, September the 15th at 10 a.m. and it's year three of us and it's been really well supported and, and participated in over the first couple of years and obviously we're trying to grow it and um, you know make, make people a lot more aware about it and it's really about trying to get the community together you don't necessarily have to be a, a Bridget's player or a Bridget's member to take part and, and certainly you don't have to be a, an Olympics uh, standard runner to, to be taking part in it either I mean you, you can walk it or you can jog it or run it whatever, whatever it suits and um, yeah we're looking forward to it hopefully We'll, we'll get good weather uh, on the day itself and, and there'll be a good turnout.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for our listeners, how good do they go about registering or getting involved?
3: Yeah, the easiest way is just to go onto the St Bridget's website. Um, all the details are there on the home page, and um, it's actually only €10 Euros to, to enter for adults which is um quite reasonable co- compared to maybe some other the other races that are out there. And it's a five K run from Saint from Russell Park there's the, the home ground of St Bridge. It's all around Castleknock. Um, and teenagers are going to take part in it as well and um, as I said you, you don't have to run it you can walk it if, if you wish as well and the first 300 uh, particip- uh, registrations also get a free t-shirt so um, I think it's a, a good event that, that we're hosting and hopefully it'll be uh, well supported by not only people in, in the sort of local Dublin 15 community but also further afield.
1: Yeah absolutely Talk to me a little bit about uh, Bridget's Barry. I suppose... Um Kind of casual listeners might know about obviously their their Dublin senior success that you were involved in back in uh, 2011, I think it was. Yeah, um, the club was obviously doing very well, and you've you've now got a kind of a big rival that's not too far away from you as well.
3: <laughs> that's true. Um, but to be honest, look, Dublin 15 is a massive area. It obviously exploded probably over the last 10, 15, 20 years in terms of all the different housing and estates, um, not just within Castle and Lock and uh, Blanchardstown, but also up. Towards Carper and Town dire- uh, direction, so I've always maintained that there's plenty of houses and plenty of families and kids to go around a number of different clubs, whether it's St Bridget's or Castle Lock or you know St Peregrine's, even Erin or even going down the, the Navan Road to uh, St Oliver Plunkett. So, um, but yeah, a, a bit of local competition is definitely healthy. I think it drives people on. Um, we've had quite a good, uh, successful uh, underage teams and senior teams. We we may have taken our eye off the ball a small bit. In terms of the, the, a focus on the juvenile section, uh, a number of years ago, but I think that has been reversed in recent years. And we, we have a lot of really good people in the club who are putting in uh, hundreds of hours uh, every year in terms of volunteering and, and, and trying to, to get teams out onto the pitch and really just to participate, uh, you know, particularly at underage level. It's not really about success, it's more about trying to get people involved trying to get the kids to uh, make friends, uh, enjoy their football or hurling or, or ladies football or camogie, whatever that might be, and then ultimately to try and keep them because there it, it can be a massive drop-off rate once the kids uh, get into secondary school and become teenagers. And, and we've seen that in our own club, and that's just not GEA-specific, it's across all sports. Um, But just having a, a sort of vibrant active uh, local club that were welcoming, I suppose, to, to, to families who want to get involved and, and try and stay fit and, and stay healthy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and tell me a little bit about your own involvement. I mean, obviously, as you said, you, you won the, the Senior Dublin title. Are you still playing ball? Are you involved in any of the underage teams?
3: Um, yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, I would have joined Bridget's. you know, going back in the day, age five or six, you know, when, before even they had sort of club nurseries um, through my own. St. Bridget's uh, primary school in uh, in Blanchestown Village there but yeah I would have played all the way through the ranks and then senior football for a number of years I've been playing a bit of intermediate football over the last couple of years um, trying to keep up the younger guys is, is a lot more <laughs> difficult when the body uh, isn't responding as well as you would hoped to. and also when you have a, it's small kids at home as well your your time Constraints uh, definitely come into play, but yeah, you'd like to try and play for as long as possible. I suppose you're always going to be watching sport or watching GA for X number of years when you get into your 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. So if you can try and stay a bit involved, um, I think it's it's great, and you're able to sort of reconnect with other guys. Um, that you might have seen with uh, seen uh or hung around with for a, a period of time and also trying to pass on a bit of advice to the younger lads. So um you know we've we've sort of four or five adult football teams there in, in the club at the moment. Um and that so there's plenty, uh, plenty of options for guys if they do want to keep playing well into their thirties.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talk to me then a little bit about uh, about your Dublin career, of course, it ended what before the 2013 season. So you'd you yep. reached the promised land as it were back in uh, in 2011 against Kerry. What are your memories of of that day back in
3: 2011? Yeah, uh, we eventually got over the line after 10 years of trying and, and suffering a lot of a heartbreak, um, particularly at al Ireland semi final stage against the likes of Kerry and Tyrone and. Armagh and uh, Cork and Mayo. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously great memories going back to that day in, uh, in September 2011 against Kerry. Uh, we were going into the game a slight underdog, which was probably suited us at the time. But it was a completely new experience for the whole camp because of the 35 players on the panel uh, in that particular area, no one had experienced an Ireland final. Dublin hadn't been in one in sixteen years, and yeah, I think going forward, it's it's highly unlikely that Dublin will go such a long gap uh, to getting into an All Ireland senior uh, men's football final again. But um, I just remember when we got over the the semi final against Donegal, big relief obviously amongst the group and, and within the county itself. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people just looking forward to the game. I don't think there was a huge amount of hype, but the the, the city and, and the county really got behind us. And, um, you know, thankfully we had a really good sort of solid management team in, in Pat Gilroy and, and Mickey Whelan and, and a few others who were able to prepare us and get all the distractions out of the way as early as possible. After the semi-final, and we were able to, to focus on the final and uh, give us the best opportunity to, to put in as good a performance as possible. You know, I think we did play extremely well that day for a, a number of, of minutes, particularly in the first sort of forty forty-five minutes. We we kept Kerry, I think, to maybe one-four, um, and that was a, obviously a star-studded uh, Kerry team at the time with the O'Shea's and Declan O'Sullivan and uh, Gooch and Donaghy, Paul Galvin, Darren O'Sullivan, etc. Um, I think Kerry then had their purple patch for about 15 minutes midway through the second half and looked like the the game might be going away from us slightly. But um, yeah, it was really Kevin McMenamin's introduction, as I saw. I think he came on for an injured Paul Flynn that day. And it was his goal that, that turned it around. And, and thankfully, we were able to, you know snatch victory really in, in injury time and, and get the win which was delight it was absolutely huge for the players and family members and clubs around Dublin and, and, and the wider Dublin community so yeah it was definitely a, a massive day that will live long in a memory.
1: Yeah absolutely uh, I was in it myself an incredible day and I suppose you know when you're when you're in a game like that and you're obviously concentrating on whatever your role might be how much of it can you take in like how much do you remember of of Kev Mack's goal or how much do you remember the celebrations on the pitch afterwards?
3: Yeah, I still have really good memories from it. I, I wouldn't have watched the match back now too many times since, but it certainly, you know, it was my 10th season playing with Dublin and I wasn't too sure if I would get a, another opportunity to play in an Ireland final because they were so rare back then. Um, so I definitely tried to soak it up as much as possible from meeting up with the, with the lads early that morning out in DCU and, and, and having a crack, you know, before actually getting on the bus, travelling to Co Park and, and seeing all the supporters out on the streets. Leading, uh, leading up to Crow Park Stadium itself in the warm-up room out watching the minor match and then past Gilroy giving his final few words before going out and um, you know getting the warm-up and the parade and the national anthem all that type of stuff so yeah it it, it still lives very vividly in my memory and, and hopefully it will for another few decades um, but uh, you know it's definitely special moments particularly at the final whistle so celebrating with your with your teammates and your friends, guys that you would have soldiered with, um, not only that year, but maybe going back 10, 12 years from when you played underage football with them. And then, you know, particularly getting to meet my parents and my wife and, and, and brother and sister um, immediately after the game as well and uh, on the front of the, the Hogan stand. And then heading back to the um, reception in the Burlington that evening and, and, and the weeks and months that followed with, you know, bringing the club Bringing the cup, the Sam Maguire, back to your home school, primary school, and your secondary school, Declan's, Um, and bringing it all the way around all the different um, clubs and the schools. I mean, the the reception was just phenomenal. I mean, anywhere you walked with the Sam Maguire, the kids just couldn't get over the size of it and the weight of it. And um, I think nowadays, the primary kids in Dublin are very familiar with it, but <laughs> back then, you know, there was a generation nearly that, that hadn't seen it, um, and even my my sister got married uh, 13 days after the All Ireland final, um, and we had the Sam McGuire at the, the reception, so it was great to, to have it at a, an occasion like that, and, you know, we've got a lot of good photos on the desk, made it so it was extra special.
1: Yeah, absolutely, uh, sure, why not, uh, and I yeah. suppose, you, you know, you, you talk about... Yeah, Dublin, you know, being in, in so many finals since. On that point, is, is that, uh, not to kind of put it down, order, but is that an issue for the GA? You know, Dublin doing so well now, and, you know, there's a lot of figures being bandied around, 17 million and all the rest of it. it, yeah. it, it does something need to change? Do you think, I mean, do you still really get great enjoyment out of watching inter-county football, or, or you know, Dublin's dominance, is that something that slightly puts you off in any way?
3: Um. Well, I, I don't think an over-dominance is great for any sport, really. I mean, you could say that about whether it's, you know, the NFL and the States, or maybe the All Blacks and rugby, or, you know, Manchester United's dominance uh, for a number of years, even though I'm a big United fan. And um, you certainly want to see as much competition as possible. But, you know, I think at this particular time, we just need to be, I think, thankful and nearly grateful for the this sort of special group of players that we've had for the last number of years, and then particularly the management team that's there as well, and having a county board uh, management in place who've had the vision and. Uh, the ability to put all the right structures in place. So I think Dublin have just ticked a lot of the boxes all at the one time over the last number of years. And maybe you know the standards in some of the other competing counties haven't quite been as high. Uh, you know you look at your Tyrone's and your Armagh's and, and and even the, the the great Kerry team that played in six All Ireland finals in a row in in the previous decade. They probably haven't reached the heights of uh, of where they'd like to get to. So they haven't been quite as competitive to this great Dublin team, but um I certainly wouldn't like to see uh Dublin being split in two or anything like that. And you know, when you see the, the quality of players coming through, particularly the, the Kerry guys who are maybe age nineteen to twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, I think they're gonna be make a really big push uh in the next few years. And also you, you know, you can't really forget that Dublin I think won four All Ireland finals by a point. So there was definitely games that were Certainly in the mix heading into injury time and could have could have went either way. So um, I think for this at this particular time, it's just a case of of enjoying uh, how well Dublin are doing at the moment. But you know, it's not going to last forever.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I'm certain, certainly we are uh, enjoying it. In terms of this this final coming up, I suppose it's uh, a young Kerry team, a confident Kerry team. Yeah. There's, there's echoes of 1975, maybe, about them coming to Crow Park, kind of as underdogs, but with a great amount of confidence, and they've shown what they can do at minor level. Uh, and yeah. Peter Keane is, is not giving too much away.
3: No, he's not at all. I mean, I've certainly been impressed with Kerry and an uh, even early, early part of the year. I always felt that the only team capable of of beating Dublin would have been Kerry, uh, particularly because of their forward line. Um, you know, they have a lot of talent up there in the likes of David Clifford, Keeney um Stephen O'Brien, um guys who who are well able to to rack up scores and particularly goals because I think if if any team is to beat Dublin and they will be beat, beaten at some stage because no team is unbeatable and you need need to score goals and that's something that Kerry are very capable of doing on their day. Um, you know, teams are able to create maybe two or three goal chances against Dublin, and I think you know Kerry w- would be well able to to, to capitalize on those maybe three goal scoring opportunities and could rack up a score of three fifteen or something like that, which would be uh, could be enough to beat Dublin. So I think Dublin will certainly be on on their guard, and um, despite playing you know some phenomenal football, uh, particularly during the summer. And uh, especially at the start of the second half against Mayo, you know, those guys are very, very grounded, very humble, um, very, you know, there's no egos in the dressing room and there's there's certainly no sense of cockiness amongst the group. So um, Jim Gavin and and Declan Darcy will have them well prepped. Um, for the task at hand and they'll know that they're going to have to bring their A game on uh, in, at the final.
1: And, and just maybe very finally in terms of, of Dublin itself like would you see there being any points where you might be slightly worried about this Dublin team or points where you think Kerry could get at us or anything like that or is this team sort of very solid 1-15 to and maybe 1-21? I
3: yeah I, I don't really see many uh, links at all with Dublin if any um, you know, I think for Kerry to beat Dublin a lot has to go right for Kerry and, and a few things that have to go wrong for Dublin. People have mentioned that Dublin maybe are a bit weak in, in the full-back line, but I wouldn't see that at all. I, I think Dublin are a very strong full-back line. But if you put really good, early quality ball into any dangerous inside forward, they're going to do damage. So I think it's important that Dublin sort of crowd the middle third as much as possible and and put the carry half backs and midfielders under as much pressure as they can. Um but you never know on the day. I mean, the referee's decisions, red cards, black cards, all that type of stuff. The conditions can, can come into play, but with all things being equal, I I think Dublin should have enough to win. And um, they've such a strong start in 15. And then obviously, you know, Jim has the luxury of, of of looking up to the bench and having 11 guys there who are well able to come on and, and finish off the job. And I think that's maybe an area where Dublin have a significant advantage um, because have seasoned campaigners sitting on the bench who have been there and done it. Whereas Kerry have a lot of good young players who are maybe age 20, 21, but they might be lacking the experience of, of that. Big day in Crow Park. I, I think the final against Dublin will stand for this Kerry group over the next sort of uh, two three years but I think maybe for some of our players it might come a little bit too soon so you know I'd be I'd be confident of of maybe a a three-point win for
1: Dublin hopefully. And so say all of us Uh, that was former Dublin star Barry Cahill he was talking about the uh, St Bridget's 5k fundraiser if you head over onto their website you can get all the information on it sounds like it's going to be a good event and hopefully plenty of people will be getting involved on September the 15th. Now we are going to head out for a break here on the show but just before we do that I was saying back at the start of the show there we were going to hear from Shay Connolly. He's penned a song, The Five in a Row is What We're After. And uh, yeah, we're going to give it a little spin and see what you think.
0: Wanna well, sing a song about a football team? Since I was a child, they've always been my dream. They went from Thornhill to a Scream. They're the best team that I've ever seen. The ball in the carry net, oh, Kevin Mike did, and the scene was set. we the greatest team this country has seen and their way to history. Five in a row is what we're after, all the women be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest team that this country has seen on their way to history. <laughs> Grosson gets a ball and taps it on the snow. he's said out to Cooper, and away he goes. let around on the fenton, right in the nose. His fenton gets filled, but the rest doesn't blow. She's Johnny Small sinking up on the right, Johnny sinks around the back to every he delight Greatest team that this country has seen on their way to history. Five in a row is what we're after, all the we will be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest team that this country has seen on their way to history. Philly McMahon, he is a very hard man, takes all the flank but doesn't really give it down. Navy M. Fitzy, control the parallelogram, Scully and Kilkenny carrying out the master plan. Paddy and Cormac kept a heart and a soul, A pair of take us out of a hole. Greatest thing that this country has seen, and the way to history. A five in a row is what we're after all, Dublin will be dropping up and down with laughter. Greatest thing that this country has seen, a way to history. McCarthy and Macaulay's runs causing earthquakes. Keanu, Sullivan the elegance and Grace. Howardy gets down and wins to dirty break. Pass to McCaffrey, who leaves him in his way. Flying up the wing without breaking the sweat, he comes in the middle and he sinks it in the net. Greatest team to this country, you say, on the way to history. The five in a row is what we're after. All Dublin will be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest team to this country, you say, on the way to history. We're coming down the home straight and things are very tight. Danos put them over from the left and the right. King Kanamania leading the fight, but we're two points down and the end's in sight. Spring server can't even five minutes ago. He's sitting him the corner for five in a row. Greatest thing that this country has seen on the way to history. The five in a row is what we're after all. The woman will be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest thing that this country has seen on the way to history. The five in a row is what we're after all. The woman will be jumping up and down with laughter. Greatest thing that this country has seen on the way to history. Greatest thing that this country has seen on the way to history. Sports Desk, brought to you by The Heralds, every side of Dublin
1: and welcome back to GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM remember if you want to contact us in the studio here you can the text line 087-977-1032 you can email us GA Sportsdesk at dublincityfm.ie or you can head over onto our Facebook page which is GA Sports Desk on Dublin City FM now before the break we heard Shay Connolly with his The Five in a Row is What We're After do head over onto Ring's End Productions on YouTube and you can check out they have a music video up there as well a great song fair play to Shay, and as I say it is well worth checking out uh, over on YouTube. Now, earlier on this week, Suzanne caught up with Brendan Cooper, and they began by looking at Camogie Championships that are beginning soon in the city.
4: Brendan, thank you very much for joining me on the programme. Pleasure as always, Suzanne. So this weekend, we are kicking off the Championship, and uh, there's four fixtures happening and eight teams involved. Tell me what's going to be happening on Sunday.
5: Right, for the start, Suzanne, um, we've had a little bit of a lull now over the last week or so. The builders get their holidays in the first two weeks in August. We traditionally take Second and third weeks in August, where we kind of round up all, kind of wind up all our subsidiary competitions, make way for the the main competition, which is basically our our championships, both in juvenile and at adult level. And you know, next Sunday, 25th of uh, August, sees the start of our senior one championship. Now this year it's slightly different. Uh, in previous years we used to break it up into two groups of four, three group matches, semi-final and the final. And we just felt that that wasn't quite what we wanted. That wasn't what we wanted from our, our Senior 1 Championship. So we spoke to the clubs and we invited the clubs in uh, uh, on a couple of occasions this year. Got their opinions as to what, what the clubs themselves would actually want uh, to make it, you know, a better competition. So long story short, we decided to run off uh, those eight teams in Division 1. We decided to put them all into one group. So therefore we'd have seven group matches a semi-final and a final, which is obviously nine fixtures. Now, that actually makes almost doubles our, our Senior 1 Championship. But that's what the clubs wanted. They, yeah. they felt it was a more meaningful competition. Um, it's basically run on, on a league basis. But obviously, this is Championship and this is the, the, the really serious stuff now at this stage. So, again, long story short, this Sunday sees the start of uh, this particular competition. So there's a lot of anticipation there around this particular competition. And actually, in fact, uh, earlier today, some of, uh, we had uh, girls representing for each club, each of our senior one club. And they we're doing a little bit of a promo video out in, in the uh, Hellfire Club. Now, I'm not quite sure. I haven't seen the finished uh, version <laughs> of product yet. I'm quite sure, knowing the people that actually did the video, this would be something special. It, again, it's just uh, done generate a little bit of publicity around this. So it should, be, uh, it should be an interest to watch the video when it actually comes out, which Anna will come out in its final uh, version prior to uh, Sunday. So we'll watch the space with, with, with interest. Maybe to get back to your original question, Suzanne, uh, the four, we do have four Senior 1 fixtures on now this weekend. So I'll just go through each of the four fixtures, say a, a little bit about each of the matches and how I think they're going to go. Um, first up will be Nave uh, Jude versus Foggs. This is what you would call a local derby. These clubs are situated uh, within maybe 50 yards of one another out there in Temple Oak. So when, when we say it's a local derby, it's a local derby in every sense of the word. <laughs> they've they've commence this competition on the back of a, a winning championship performance last year. They actually beat Nafina by a point out in the Peregrines. So they are the current holders. They're up against Fogs, now, Fogs are uh, they won Senior 2 Championship last year. So they were actually promoted to Senior 1 this year. So this is like the, the kind of the established club Nave Jude taking on the, the, the new girls, as in Jude's. Uh, I can't see this being an, an easy uh, picture for St. Jude's, even though they are the defending champions, because Fogs have put together a, a serious outfit there over the last couple of years, and their management, I know their management very well, and they put a lot of emphasis into in doing very well in championship now this year. It's a huge ask for Fogs take on the defending championships. But if I was going to take on uh, Jude's Fogs is a club that, you know, again, the fact that I Spice, because they're so closely uh, situated out there in Temple Oak, it's going to be a, a closer match than the, than the say the league table would suggest. On this occasion, Suzanne, I'm going to give preference for the uh, defending championships, Jude's uh, against Fogs. Our next match is a really intriguing uh, fixture, uh, Suzanne, it's Vincent's versus Bally Bowden. So if one were to go back over the, the championship winners over the last, say, 15 years, you would find that Vincent's have won, Say that, that Bally Bowden have won probably 10 championships in that period of time. Vinces have won four championships in, in that period of time. And Jude's been the, uh, the odd uh, man out last year having won one. So you're talking about Vincent's taking on Bally Bowden, and these are traditionally very, very strong uh, clubs when it comes to championship. Bolton put a lot of story into, uh, into this particular competition. Again, business have been the trailblazers traditionally over the last couple of years. I'd say they'd be anxious to kind of overturn last year's uh, championship run when they actually defeat, they were defeated by the FINA in the semi-final. So I think they will want to go a little bit better now this year. Uh, but in taking on and they're taking on their really established club now at this stage. Um on, on league form, Suzanne, you'd have to say that Vinces are marginally favourites now at this stage. I know both managers, uh, both clubs have exceptionally good management teams, so I'm quite sure that they will have done their homework on, on, on their opposition. Bally Bowden and Vinces, and Vincent and Bally Bowden, I'm quite sure that they will have had spies in the camp over the last couple of weeks trying to get any snippets of information that might give them a little bit of an edge uh, in this particular match. Mm. I'd have to say on known form, probably Vince's to, you know shaded narrowly against Bally Bowden next one will be theFIna versus uh beat beaten beaten finals there last year as I mentioned previously by judes they're taking on Scaries. they're Scaries, uh predominantly are, are a good championship side but but they you know I know Dennis Murphy puts a huge amount of emphasis uh, yeah. on it championship, and you know Dennis is, is such a, an outstanding manage, manager he uh, but he, he he's never seemed to kind of get into the the kind of the latter stages of a championship, they'll try very hard. That there's no doubt. They are tremendous competitors out there in North County Dublin, um, and and they won't won't lack like, for 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 support from the sideline from Dennis' point of view. Nafina, you'd have to say Nafina will be will be marginally favourites based on last year's performance. So I'd say Nafina to beat Scaries again, but not by a huge score, but but maybe they maybe, maybe, maybe four or five points. The last one is Valley Bowden versus. Um, Sorry, it's actually volunteer versus Luke and Sarsfield. uh Ballantyre are kind of used to competition. They only come into it Their last are one of the what I would call the up-and-coming clubs uh, who have done reasonably well. They've, they've been promoted over the last number of years. Uh, playing in Division One is a tough... It, there's, there's no easy matches in Division that That's no doubt whatsoever. Luke and, on the other hand, are tried and trusted. They have a, a very good form out there. They traditionally get to a semi-final stage. And on, on occasion they've got to a final, so you can be well assured that Lucan are going to be going all out now to say. I know Lucan changed their management team earlier on this year, and they seem to have kind of, as regards to league performance, they started off really bad last year. They won their first two, I'm sorry, they lost their first two, maybe first three matches, and looked I won't say they're in serious relegation trouble, but a change of management, change of structure out there. And they won their last five or six matches on the trot in the league, which meant they finished probably third or thereabouts. So on that form, Susanne, have to say that Luka shade shaded narrowly over Ballantyre St. John. So they're the four, four matches that actually kickstart our championship. Lots of interesting games there. and quite sure that there'll be lots of competitive games now one
4: way or the other. Brilliant. And what's the next stage of this competition then, Brendan?
5: Well, it's basically, as I said, previously, it's run on a league basis. Between, um, I think, that because it's such a long competition, uh, th- these matches are going to run week in, week out. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say the 25th of August will be that round one, 1st of September, round two, 7th of September, round three, 15th, uh, 22nd, 29th, 6th <laughs> of October. They, they are the eight, now I hope I'm right in saying that, but they are the eight matches Yeah. uh the final We have a two-week gap between our semifinal and our final. To the 13th of October and we'll fin- we'll finish off all things being equal and I hope all things are equal because we really have to finish on the 27th of October uh, and lead the way clear for uh, our minor championship to-, to kick start on the 1st of November thereabouts. So this is an exceptionally tight competition yeah. but I'm quite sure that the, you know this is what the clubs want so I'm quite sure I have the buy-in and the cooperation of all these clubs. Like if so, a match does go by the board for say on some unforeseen circumstances that we'll be able to run off uh, the refixture say uh, midweek under light somewhere along the way. Uh, hopefully that won't come to bear, that we'll run off the weather will be kind to us. Everything goes according to plan, which doesn't always take place, Suzanne by the way. Yeah. Uh but best laid plans is to say the, cup, the the structure is there, the schedule is there and you know, it's just a matter of getting on, getting the matches up and running and say Sunday is when we really kickstart our season in in every sense of the word.
4: Brilliant. Brendan, thank you very much for joining me on the programme.
5: A pleasure as always, Suzanne. Talk to you next week. Talk to you Bye. next
4: week. Bye-bye. And our thanks, as always, to Brendan Cooper for joining us on the programme. Now, this weekend, Dublin Ladies footballers are up against Cork in the semi-final of the All-Ireland. It's going to be a great game and I'm delighted to be joined by Nigel McCarthy from We Are Dublin to look forward to all the action. Nigel, thank you very much for joining me on the program.
0: You're
6: very welcome, Suzanne.
4: Well, this weekend we are looking at the semi-final of the All Ireland for the Dublin ladies footballers. Tell me, how should, will they be feeling preparing for this game? They're up against Cork. What will wh- what will they be feeling?
6: Yeah, um, they'll be feeling. Uh, one one thing Cork tends to do is uh, sharpen the focus. That's for sure. Look, um, they, they've had uh, numerous battles over the last number of years and down through the years. So, like both. Both counties know each other very well. The, the, the personnel may change uh, from time to time on both sides, but um, look, they, they'll know what to expect off each other. Um, Cork were very impressive in their quarter final win. Uh, Dublin, although although won their quarter final, there, mm-hmm. there was aspects of it that they weren't happy with. Um, so they had they've had plenty to work on over the last sort of three weeks since the quarter final. So um, you know, the, all of their focus will have been on that. Uh, they know it's Cork. They know what Cork brings to the table look there's, there's never anything more than a bounce ball between both of these sides you know yeah. you just look at the recent records all of the games won by a point or two and most of them by a point so um, you know they're, they're very evenly matched sides so uh, yeah. I, I think it'll just be for Dublin it's just sort of getting all those little bits and pieces that they weren't quite happy with um, right ahead of this game and um, look they're, they're Dublin are reigning Ireland champions um sides so met in the semi-final of the league, uh, Cork pipped them that day after mm-hmm. extra time. So Dublin will have that as well, uh, maybe to to use as a motivating factor. Not that they'll need it, but uh, you know they may. Be, you know, I think they probably felt they possibly left that one behind uh, that day. So um, and look, they don't want to be giving up this crown. It took them, you know, a, a couple of uh, heartbreaking defeats exactly. to finally get o- o- over the line. And uh, you know, both sides met in last year's decider. So. Uh, you know, for some people, uh, looking at it, you know, this is probably the final.
4: Yeah, yeah. And that's not.
6: That's not, well, being, that's disrespectful. The not being disrespectful. Been,
4: Dublin have been kind of unlucky against Cork in the the finals. Um, but so so the semi final will that kind of change it up a bit for them?
6: Yeah, well, semi finals can be funny. They can be funny games because you're you're sort of, you know, you're you're one one step away from the, from the final itself, and and that one step closer to you know hopefully lifting lifting the title um and just sometimes semi-finals can be funny you can you can look at a, a farm team going into it and it, 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 nothing happens right for them on the day I don't know whether it's it, it's because it's you know you're that close to the final nerves kick in yeah um, and and stuff like that but um You know, semi-finals, teams can can cancel each other out. You you know, you can be expecting a high-scoring game because, you know, all the way up to that, the two teams have been sort of blitzing everybody and then it ends up being a very tight, low-scoring game. They cancel each other out. You know, sometimes uh, you're more nervous of losing than you are of winning. You know, and and that sort of fear of losing the game, you know, just at the penultimate stage can can, can have an effect on teams as well. So it'll be interesting to see how both sides start um you know dublin sort of probably went into the semi-finals last year probably in the same way where they weren't too happy with the quarter-final had a lot of things to work on went away had a three-week break came in and then you know everyone was was sort of looking at uh, Galway who they played in the semi-final and they were thinking you know, they were looking at going there was a really really good Galway side and it was um, and they were expecting a really really tight game and you know some were even tipping Galway to, to nick it and Dublin blitzed them in the first half and the game was over by half time so it'll be interesting to see how both sides start tomorrow or sorry on, on Sunday um, to see what sort of frame of mind both sides are in
4: Yeah yeah and kind of what do you think the Dublin will be working on then since the last game, since the quarter final?
6: Um, just little things like it, it, it's, it's. Look, I, I think most of most of the, the the things they're working on are just down to lack of of matches because mm. they had a big they had a big gap between the the league and then the championship starting. Then they only had one game in Leinster. It was only Leinster final you know and then they had their two group games and then we're into the quarter final and they they're sort of behind they'd be certainly behind Cork who had you know a, a full Munster championship and, um, you know, they they would have had a couple of extra games under their belt and Dublin did. So it, it was just sharpening up those little things off the shoulders, the transitions of the ball, you know, and, and little things like that that just needed needed to be tidied up, basically, you know. And you only really get that from, from playing matches. That's where your match sharpness comes in. So there, yeah. I think it was just more a case of lacking a little bit of match sharpness because they're still trying to catch up.
4: Yeah, yeah. And who on the team do you think is kind of standing out? And, and in the year so far...
6: Um, well look you, you, you look straight away to Captain Sinead Ahern. Mm. Um you know she got injured in the in the uh, Leinster final after 11 minutes and then she missed she missed the first group game she was back in for the second one and you know all of a sudden uh, was knocking over the points and scoring the goals she, she, she has continued that's true so like you know as always as she has been through her whole career she's an extremely important you know, a component of that Dublin team, and she's a key scorer for them. You know, not just from place balls, but you know, from open play as well. And just it's her intelligence of uh, the runs she makes and the way she links up the play. You know, with her fellow forwards and stuff like that. And you know, she's also she's not a selfish player. Uh, and uh, most of the uh, all of the Dublin forwards are like that. They're not selfish. She's always played to the player in the best position. You know, and you know, Shinate is absolutely brilliant at doing that. You know, and she's yeah. very very difficult to mark. Um, I've seen teams put two, two, two players on her and still made no difference, you know, and that's just her game intelligence, just, you know, her experience. She knows where to make the runs. She knows when to make the runs. So it, she she's just very, very difficult to mark and any space at all she gets on Sunday um, from the Cork uh, defence, she will exploit it, you know. And th- there's been a number of players have stood up. Uh, Ao- Aoife Rutledge has come in, a young player in, in into the side, um in the starting position, she's been on the panel for a couple of years. But in the starting position for the last couple of games in defence, and she's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and would be a player probably more known for playing in the forward position than than the defence. And um, but she is uh, slotted into that fullback line, and she hasn't looked any way out of her depth there, you know. And put in some some terrific performances. You um, look at usual players that have been there for the last few years are all shining you know you're all on carries you're Laura McGee's you're Siobhan McGraz, you know Lindsay Davey uh, Carla Rowe uh, was injured as well missed uh, missed all of the, the championship up to the, I think that it was the last group game and she's come back in and you know it's uh, Carla's doing what Carla does best and that's popping over scores and and mm-hmm. You know, making intelligent runs and and linking up the play, um, so look, there's plenty of, have been standing out. I could go through another long list <laughs> of names of players who who performed well this year, um, but you know, as I said, those ones you particularly would see uh, standing out, and and also he's getting a lot of return from his bench this year as well, and it's a lot of young players just coming in off off the minor that that have really really stood up. You know, Neve um would be one than Crea, O'Connor is another one. Uh, Kate Sullivan uh, came back in the last day. She she missed uh, most of the championship as well with an injury, uh, but it certainly looks like a start of the future as well. So these players have been coming in off the bench, and um, you know making a serious impact. So uh, he's certainly getting back this year off his bench.
4: Yeah, and so what are we going to be expecting to happen this weekend in the game against Cork? Wash? how do you see uh, it going?
6: <laughs> well, uh, Cork Cork normally set up fairly fairly defensively. And you know their game is all based on counter attack, so uh, I don't see them. I don't see them doing anything different um, on Sunday. I, I, I expect them to set up the way they normally do. They have some very dangerous inside forwards, which the Dublin backs will have to keep a, a very close eye on. Uh, I, I think it's it, the team that sort of controls the middle third. Yeah, will be the, win win that game. Uh, I know that sounds fairly simplistic and probably mm-hmm. uh, you know uh it's probably that way for most games but i, I think with these two particular teams as well that it, just having watched them over the last number of years the team that tends to um control that area and uh, is getting enough ball into both both sides of dangerous inside forward lines and um you know the team that that actually controls that area i think will, will win the game um and probably by a couple of points yeah um you know the, the the wide open surface of of Crow Park is a lot different to any of the grounds that they play on, and with that extra space, you tend to uh, create extra um, scoring opportunities. So I think the team that controls, as I say, the middle third will win. That Dublin have a lot of strong runners um, from from that sector as well, and a lot of a lot of runners who can take scores as well. It's not just the inside forward line. There's you know if you look through the list of scorers so far. Uh, I think the last, I think before the last game I think it was something like 17 or 18 players had, had found the score sheet you know so yeah. they have scorers coming from, from right from the full back line up you know so um, uh, they certainly don't they're not shy sure in, in finding uh, the target and finding scores but uh, I, I think that battle in the middle is going to be the interesting one
4: And who do you think they are going to be up against either team in the final Galway or Mayo what do you see happening in this game?
6: Oh that's a tight one Um Galway won the Galway won the Connacht um, after two battles with uh, Mayo. The the two teams uh, drew the first day. Um, by all accounts, Mayo left it behind them the first day. And um, Galway got the upper hand in the replay. And but look, Mayo looks extremely impressive since then. And um, that's a tight one to call. I'm. I'm <laughs> i'd be reluctant to go either way um i think it i don't think there'll be much in, in in that one either but um if i'm looking at it i i've sort of just I'm watching both sides over the last couple of weeks i, I probably would just favor mayo's like okay. i i i think with with the with the forwards they have i, I just fancy them I, I, again i think crow park suits their suits their game it suits the way they play the game um so i'm just gonna a tentative uh, little nod towards uh, mayo to come out of that one
4: and then looking at the final itself, we're hoping it'll be a Dublin Mayo final. Then,
6: yeah, yeah, that's, that's what we'll be hoping. <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, certainly, uh, they, they'll both bring a huge crowd with them on the day. Uh, that's for sure. But um, yeah, that 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 would be the the, the final. I I would like to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I I think I, you know, there's a, a bit of a romanticism about that final. You know, I, I think that you know, the, look between the the men. The rivalry they've had is carried over into the women as well. You know, they met in the final two years ago. They've had a couple of battles over the last couple of seasons, you know, and there's a a rivalry there. I think it
4: would make a good final. Brilliant. Nigel, thank you very much for joining me on the programme. We're going to have to just wait and see.
6: Okay. talk to you soon. (laughs) Talk to you
4: soon. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye
1: and our thanks as ever to Nigel McCarthy for joining us on the show do check out wearedublin.com for the best coverage in Dublin Gaelic games now that double header of TG Carr Senior All-Ireland Championship semi-finals takes place this weekend this Sunday in Crow Park first up Mayo versus Galway which throws in at 2 o'clock and then the big one Dublin versus Cork throwing in at 3.45 tickets are available online lgfa.tickets.ie if you're buying in advance they're 20 euro students are a tenner juveniles under 16 are just 2 euro so hopefully there'll be a big Dublin support heading to Crow Park this weekend over 50,000 at last year's All-Ireland Final so if we could get up towards those numbers again it would be fantastic a great advertisement for the game and uh, a great advertisement for 2020 as well and do stay tuned this evening Suzanne is on Artbeat duty and she's looking ahead to the Dublin Fringe Theatre Festival so she's looking ahead to three of the shows that are taking place so do stay tuned for Artbeat which is on next until half eight but on behalf of the GA Sports Desk team Suzanne Parker Katie Scanlon on sound and myself Peter Brannigan do have a great weekend hopefully you are in Crow Park on Sunday and we will talk to you again next Wednesday evening when we're previewing the men's All-Ireland Senior Football Final Talk to you then